Thank you for joining us for the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Today, Robert and Elizabeth will continue tackling life issues from a married perspective. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. So we mix it up, mix it up. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. What does it do to the church that death is celebrated and put on stage and made movies about and it's glorious it's glorified i mean it happens all the time that's what's so frightening to us because we see this left and right that churches that used to stand on the word of god are now celebrating death meaning they celebrate what god calls death, what he calls evil and it's celebrated and we worship that and celebrate the human wisdom above the word of god it's frightening Our culture is saturated with the idea of death. Movies and TV shows glorify and promote death. Even Halloween is a time when the world glorifies death and darkness. In today's message, Pastor Robert and Elizabeth warn against some churches' drift towards the world in things like Halloween, when they should be promoting life. Now here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth with part three of their message entitled, Come Alive. I know your works, that you have a name, that you're alive, but you're dead. You can't get much more straight than that, right? Even more than her wealth, Sardis was known for a necropolis called the Cemetery in a Thousand Hills, which lay about seven miles outside town. It was a city preoccupied with death, with burial mounds as a skyline. It's, I mean, it's scary. Imagine... A city celebrating death, that's what you're known for. That's what you're famous for. And I was thinking, what does that do? I mean, how does that work? And at first I came to mind, you know, some of the primitive cultures that we know of where the ancestors are worshipped even long after their death. You dig up the remains and you do all kinds of a mixture of occult and ancestry worship um, with these bones. So at first I think, oh, that's something far, far away. And then it came to my mind, how many zombie movies have been out in the last... Who knows? I mean, the, I, I Googled it. I always, and pages and pages and pages. And these are, okay, let me clarify from Wikipedia because it's crazy. These are just zombie movies, these many, many pages that I couldn't even take a snapshot of them. So Wikipedia clarifies, zombies are distinct from ghosts, ghouls, mummies, or vampires. So this list does not include films devoted to these types of undead. These are just the... So we have a whole culture of other kinds of undead movies out there that were not even included in this. That's the culture of the West. That's our culture as much as it was in Sardis, as much as it is in some of these African cultures that came to my mind. We do the exact same thing as a culture. It's, I mean, look at Halloween and just what we do with that. And so I'm like, okay, that was the culture, but what does it do to the church? 
What does it do to the church that death is celebrated and put on stage and made movies about and it's glorious, it's glorified. I mean, it happens all the time. That's what's so frightening to us because we see this left and right, that churches that used to stand on the word of God are now celebrating death, meaning they celebrate what God calls death, what he calls evil. And it's celebrated and we worship that and celebrate the human wisdom above the word of God. It's frightening. It's frightening to me because it's a daily headline. We get, you know, church leaders, whatever, constantly in our feet, and it's constant. Now this denomination, that denomination, are celebrating what God says is dead and brings death instead of what is the word of life. And we ourselves are forced to look at that. How do you know the difference between being relevant? I mean, you, wanna, you don't want to speak in a language nobody understands. You want to speak somewhat the language of the culture so people can understand it without promoting death. We wrestled with that. We had sort of an identity crisis a while back when we were remodeling this room because the natural thing to do, what everybody does is they create a green room behind the stage and then the stage would be higher because it may, it's so much easier to perform as a musician or as a speaker if you don't have to interact with the people. It's a lot easier. Well, and it's, and it's not just that too. I mean, in all fairness, it's something that we talked about as a staff because, you know, it's hard to it's hard to really explain what happens to me on a Sunday, okay? I mean, not to, please don't hear what I'm not saying, but on any given Sunday, you know, I'm interacting with, even in our church, which is not that big, hundreds of people. And everybody wants to be polite, everybody wants to say hello, everybody, you know, and, and a lot of people come with a crisis situation that they're dealing with and they want a quick prayer. Sometimes I only have five minutes in between, realistically, in between the services to run to the bathroom or, you know, grab a quick cup of coffee because my throat gets sore on, after a couple of services on Sunday and, and these kind of things. And the whole idea of the green room came from you need just a minute to catch your breath and get your wits back up, you know what I mean? And maybe take a drink, go to the bathroom, something like that. But then that morphs into something where... You know, you get a little bit like this after three services, you know, you want to kind of pull back and and then all of a sudden there's a separation created between the one who's supposed to be serving and those who are to be served. Yeah, and for us, I mean, it was a good it was a good thing to wrestle with because it helped us identify who we are and who we want to be. And so um, we are, that's where the identity became so crystal clear in our minds. We are family first and foremost. So what I am not saying is that a good production equals a dead church. That is not what I'm saying. A good production is value neutral. It's just a good production. It's neither good nor bad spiritually in and of itself. But what I am saying is that if you follow the flow of the culture without critically looking at what it does, then you very quickly end up in this arena where you do what is culturally correct and what works and is rewarded culturally, but you are not opposing the kingdom of darkness. It's a very easy slide. So it's just a call to be aware. Are these temporal values or are they eternal? And what do we accomplish? That's really, yeah. that's really yeah. all that's about and What that. we had to wrestle with with that, and, and I'm so grateful, you know, one of, the, one of the brothers in the church, we were looking at it um, and looking at the idea of having a door back here and maybe having a little, little green room, just, again, just to be able to you know, have some water, be able to, to take a couple of breaths. And, and um, Tim said, you know, you, if you're not careful, you're, 
just by having the exits off the back of the stage, you're going to unconsciously eliminate one of the most valuable things about Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, right now we're just a family. And we all sit together, and then when it's time for you to preach, you go up. When it's time for the band to play and sing, they just they go up. We're all one big family, and part of the family goes up to play. But if you've got doors in the back, and the band comes in from the back, and the exit from the back, and the pastor, he comes in from the back, and he exits from the back, all of a sudden, it's us and them. And we're no longer one big family, and you won't even realize what happened. Yeah. And for me, it was such an eye-opener. I realized, oh my goodness, you're absolutely right, without even realizing what has just, the enemy can rip you off, right? Without even realizing what happened because we are one big family and we want to be one big family. And if I need to take a breath, I found a place I can go hide for two minutes and take a breath without having to have a green room and exit off the back and create this whole, you know, false environment. But the thing that crystallized for us was exactly what Elizabeth's talking about. You know, that we need to be a, you know, have a biblical model for our family and not just follow what other groups are doing. Again, I understand the mindset behind it, but I think many of them have fallen into a trap. And a a pastor who is merely a performer is actually not a pastor. He stopped being a pastor. Now he's a speaker. Do you see the difference that I'm making? Now, a big, big, big church, like I have a, a friend, and I use the term loosely because it's not like we spend a lot of time together hang out, but He's more than an acquaintance, but he pastors a, a really, really large church. His staff is significantly larger than our whole church. So do you understand that realistically, his primary responsibility is going to be training and discipling, you know, the core of his staff. You see what I mean? Because there's no way that, that one man can train and disciple a thousand people. It can't, it can't happen. 3,000 people, 5,000 people, 20,000 people. It just can't happen. Realistically, there's, there's a relatively small group of people that one man can minister to and disciple. And the idea then is that you raise up a group that can then also go, just like Paul said to Timothy, things that I've entrusted to you and, you know, in front of many witnesses. Now you go and entrust those to faithful men who will do likewise. And that's, that's kind of the, that's the biblical model um, for church, But the thing that we want you to see tonight as we look at the book of Revelation, as we look at this letter, is that even for this dead church, God Almighty says you're dead, 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 even though everybody thinks you're alive, but there's a remedy. That's a beautiful thing. There's always a remedy as long as you're breathing, right? There comes a time when, okay, you're done. Sorry. You've put it off too long. You've missed your opportunity. But as long as you're drawing breath... It's not too late. Jesus always offers us hope. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This verse is from the book of Ecclesiastes, and this is at the very heart of the vision for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio. Jesus 
Pastor Robert and his wife Elizabeth a threefold cord presenting God's Word in a way that will inspire you in your own marriage and walk with God. Pastor Robert's vision is that through this fresh method of approaching God's Word, that husbands and wives will be equipped to face the world on a united front, as one team joined together by God, sharing the light of Jesus Christ with the lost and dying world all around us. Monday through Thursday here on Main Thing Radio, we share messages from worship services at Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. But today's message is unique. As you listened today, we're confident that you heard from God through Pastor Robert and Elizabeth. Well, that's all the time we have here for today. On Monday, Pastor Robert will be back with us teaching through God's Word verse by verse. So make plans to join us on Monday right here on Main Thing Radio.